Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Wednesday, July 20th, 2016. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Boston, Beantown Athletics, your only source for customized screen printing and embroidery, beantownathletics.com. Today's show is presented by SeatGeek. SeatGeek has made it easier than ever before to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. Now, what's great about SeatGeek is the price you see is the price you get. Most sites will try to surprise you at checkout with these outrageous fees, but not SeatGeek. So make sure you download the free SeatGeek app right now and get a $20 rebate on tickets by using the promo code PICARD. That's right, as in my last name, PICARD. Now, the Red Sox have a little homestand here. They began it last night against the San Francisco Giants, a 4 to nothing win. Tonight, on this Wednesday night, Drew Pomeranz is going to make his Red Sox debut the Red Sox just traded for him, uh, and they gave up a pretty damn good prospect in 18-year-old pitcher Anderson Espinosa, that one-for-one one trade with San Diego last week. Pomeranz is an all-star. He's having a breakout season. I'm curious to see what he's going to be like coming to Boston. And you know what? To be quite honest with you, it's not like I sit there and watch San Diego Padres baseball every night, so I don't have the full scouting report on Drew Pomeranz. What we do know is that this is his breakout year as a starting pitcher, and he is an all-star. He's 27 years old, a big lefty, what, 6'5", 6'6". He has a somewhat deceiving wind-up and delivery, and I think that helps him out. He does not have an overpowering fastball, throws about, what, 90 to 92, I think. So I'm curious to see just how good this kid can be, especially in this market where there is a whole lot of pressure, a whole lot more pressure on you than there is in San Diego, than there is in Oakland where he pitched before that, than there is in Colorado where he pitched before that. And in fact, Drew Pomeranz has already sort of reached his the, the most innings that he's ever pitched in a single season this year with 102, just over 100 innings. So uh, I'm curious. I'm just as curious as you. And if you want to see it in person, make sure you get your tickets on the SeatGeek app right now because not only can you use my last name, Picard, to get $20 off your tickets, but you can also set an alert on the SeatGeek app, not just for this game, but for the entire homestand. And what SeatGeek does is they'll let you know when ticket prices fall. They'll keep you updated so you can get the best deal possible. Even better, every ticket is given a grade and you can use their detailed map to see the exact view from your seat. SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or a concert and it should be the first place you go as well. SeatGeek, and I'll remind you, it's not just Red Sox, it's not just baseball, it's not just sporting events, and it's not just Boston. It's also concerts in any city at any venue do yourself a favor and download the SeatGeek app right now. It is free. You can use my promo code, which again is my last name, Picard, for any of the events that are on the SeatGeek app. So speaking of Red Sox, as we get set for the Drew Pomeranz Red Sox debut tonight, we look back at last night's game, a 4 to nothing win over the San Francisco Giants. Jake Peavy, former Red Sox pitcher, was on the mound for the Giants. I've been trying to get him on this show. Uh, I, I, I do have a connection with PV that I've been working with to try to get him in here today, uh, get him on. I know not, maybe not yesterday because he was the starting pitcher last night. I can understand if he didn't want to talk before then, 
but they were in town the day before that on Monday, and I was actually on WEI that night, six to ten. I was working to try to get them on that. It didn't happen, and it did not. It didn't happen today as well. But PV was on the mound last night. He gets the loss. He goes six innings, allowed three hits, allowed four runs, walked one, struck out six, but. Those four runs came on two home runs, a Brock Holt home run in the third inning, and then a David Ortiz smash to right field, the three-run home run in the fourth that gave the Red Sox a 4 to nothing lead. That would be all they'd need. Rick Porcello on the mound for the Red Sox, picked up his 12th win, goes six and a third, allows four hits, no runs, walked two, struck out three, threw 108 pitches. Rick Porcello again now 12-2 and two on the season, a 3.47 ERA. He is pitching as well as he has ever pitched in his entire career. He looks as confident as he has ever looked in his entire career. And it's a good thing to see. And the Red Sox certainly need something like that. However, you know, I've mentioned this the last couple days. I, I still think the Red Sox need to go out and try to make some more moves before the trade deadline on August 1st, which is about a week and a half away, right? About a week and a half away for the non-waiver trade deadline. And if, you know, Rick Porcello, I, I guess I just have to gauge the trade value for everybody on my team. I think you should do that anyways, even if you're a team that's buying like the Red Sox should be. And with guys like Porcello and Stephen Wright, I feel like their trade value will never be higher. So if there was any type of opportunity, I think, to get some pretty good prospects for those two pitches in which you could take those prospects and then, after the fact, add them with a couple of your top prospects and sort of create a blockbuster trade to get the, you know, an actual stud starting pitcher. Like Rick Porcello, okay, he's 12-2. and two. He has a 3.47 ERA. He has been very reliable this year. And uh, he looks as good and as confident as he ever has been in his career. I get that. But do you ever look at him and think, you know, there's potential dominance tonight, like as a top-of-the-rotation guy? Like, I don't. If there's an opportunity for you, if you're the Red Sox, to get, like, not just the top-of-the-rotation guy, but even a team's ace. Like, you go get him, all right? Go get that pitcher because you need it. And, in fact, now, today, the Red Sox might need even more than that because the news last night at the end of this game, it didn't look good, and the news today is even worse. Koji Uehara, who took over as closer when Craig Kimbrell went down. I mean, you already lost Carson Smith. You lost Tozawa. He might return this weekend, they're saying, right? He's on the DL. Then you lose Kimbrell. Now you get Koji, who actually had been doing a decent job and a pretty good job sort of replacing Kimbrell as the closer for the time being. Picked up a couple saves since stepping back into that spot, into that role. But Koji last night was rolled out in the ninth inning, in a game in which the Red Sox led 4 nothing, and he threw a weird pitch. I don't know what it was. They were saying it was a slider. I think it was a fastball or a splitter that had nothing on it. No juice. And you could see right before that pitch, Koji, I actually was wondering, uh-oh, he's swinging his arm around. The, if you watch that again, he sort of is stretching his arm, swinging it around before he throws that last pitch. And I actually saw that and thought to myself, I wonder what he's doing there. What is he stretching? Because that's not good if he's injured. They can't afford to lose another bullpen arm, especially the guy who's taking over for their closer. 
And then he throws the next pitch, and I didn't know what it was. And it's almost like nobody even knew he was hurt until he starts grabbing the pectoral muscle and sort of the shoulder or the whatever it is, the chest, that area, like the armpit area almost, that connects the shoulder to the pectoral muscle. And um, that's when Sandy Leone put his mask up and then looked into the dugout, and Koji sort of hinted into Sandy Leone and said, I just, I, there's something wrong here. Like, I, there's something wrong on my arm. Then they came running out. Koji leaves the game. The news today is that Koji Uihara has been placed on the 15-day DL with a right pectoral, to, excuse me, with a right pectoral strain. I can't even speak in here. It's so fucking hot. I, I, I shit you not. Like, I, it, it just, the best months for this studio, like, it's a great studio. It's state-of-the-art. I could not be more grateful for the boys here at Beantown Athletics here in Dorchester to have built me this studio with state-of-the-art equipment with my own little space. It's awesome. Uh, it's one of the best things that's ever happened to me in my life. Uh, I, I don't know what that says about my life, but I'm telling you how happy I am having this studio and how grateful I am having this studio. However, you only get like, there's only like a three-month span in the year, which it's a comfortable environment to broadcast in here because in the winter... It is just, it's colder in here than it is outside. Like, you feel like you're doing the show outside. And in the summer, it gets so fucking hot in here that I literally can't breathe. So, I mean, like, sometimes during the summer and even in the winter, I, the, the show gets a little cut short. That's because I, it's so either it's so cold or so hot. It's from one extreme to the other. The only months that are any good is, like, April, May, and not even all of May. April, halfway through May. And then you get, like, the end of September through October, right? Like, that's like a, a three-month span of just comfort in this pl- it, when it comes to the weather and the feel and the temperature. It's just, and it, and it gets frustrating, obviously. It's not, you can, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing anyone here can do about it. But, you know, it's, I'm just letting you know. It's like 200 degrees in here right now. And, I'm, you know, I'm losing weight. And I don't even think I can afford to lose any more weight. So, I'm pretty skinny as it is. And uh, it's just sometimes thoughts are not always completely in order while I do this. And you know that I put my life into the show. So I, I'd like for all my thoughts to be in order. But we, we, we battle through. We give the live read. Really? Is that all that matters? Maybe. We give the seat geek read and we move on. So here we go. Let's do this. Uh, <laughs> Red Sox, Koji, the DL, a right pectoral strain. People are blaming John. This is what people do, though. I mean, people want to blame. People look for reasons to blame John Farrell. They look for reasons to put it on the manager because it wasn't technically a save situation by rule. But come on. I mean, I'm okay with him being in that game last night. Um, he didn't pitch on Monday night because they had the day off. He didn't even pitch on Sunday in the Bronx the way they lost that one. He hadn't pitched since Saturday. And he pitched Friday, and then before then, he didn't pitch all week. So, I mean, how much time are we begging for this guy to get off? I, I, I was fine with him in that game last night. And you know what? If This was going to happen if they didn't put him in last night and they put him in tonight in a safe situation. Like, I, I just feel like Koji is so old at this point, and they're going to use him and rely on him anyway. This was going to happen regardless, okay? I feel that way. So... He's placed on the DL. I don't know. 
they say 15 day, but it could be worse. People say, well, this could open the door for Joe Kelly. Could it? Does it? Will it? Tazawa's going to come back. Let's say it. Let's say it did open the door for Joe Kelly. How can you sit there and feel confident with that? Like, the Red Sox need to go out and make some more moves, whether it be another reliever, whether it be another starter, whether it be another reliever and another starter, right? They cannot kick their feet up and just be content with what they've done so far. Now, who's going to be the closer? They're saying it's going to be the submarine arm that they just acquired from the Diamondbacks, veteran Brad Ziegler. And, like, it's they pronounce it Ziegler, right? That's how I saw it pronounced. People are pronouncing it Ziegler. I thought it was Ziegler. I know it's spelt Ziegler, but I believe it's pronounced Ziegler. Either way, he doesn't throw smoke. He doesn't throw fast at all. And he throws submarine. Like, his, his hand almost touches the fucking ground. Is that good? I feel like there's a lot of pitches that are up in the zone and a soft cheese, a soft salad cheese, as Dennis Eckersley would call it. I tell you what, I don't feel comfortable with him. But then again, I'm not the one at the play trying to hit someone who's throwing like that. So I have no idea what that is like to take a swing and take a hack and be in that batter's box with him on the mound. I don't know. Can he be deceiving enough, long enough, to get the job done? Because really you're not asking him to do it the whole season. At least we hope not. You should hope not. Even if he is successful at first, you got to get Kimbrell back. And in my opinion, you got to get Tozawa back. And Koji, do you have to get him back? I just, even when Koji came back and was picking up the saves here the last couple weeks, I haven't really felt comfortable with his stuff. I haven't. So I don't even know that you need him back. Like, I just, I've been questioning Koji's stuff for the last year and a half. I really, I I don't feel comfortable with him on the mound. Tozawa, I don't either. But I do feel like I'm more comfortable with Tozawa than Koji, if that makes any sense. Because at least Tazawa can pump it in at 93 to 95 if he needs to, right? So, the, the bottom line is this. A situation like last night should show you, if you're the Red Sox front office, that you cannot just sit there and not try to do anything at least. You got to try. You have to try. So, let's hope they do. It's a week and a half before the trade deadline. Last night's an example. You got to at least try to make another move. You can never have too much pitching. So that's an example of that, and we'll just have to wait and see what the Red Sox will be willing to do. Now, Pomeranz tonight, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what he can bring to the table. I think that he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be a dominant guy. I hope he is. I hope I'm wrong. I think he's going to be someone that is sort of, I think, similar to Porcello, where we look at him and go, all right, he's a number three. Maybe number four, some nights looks like a number two. That, that's what he's going to be. But, and that's going to be good enough to get them to the playoffs. I, I firmly believe that. Now, all these injuries in the bullpen, you know, they might make you take a step back a little bit. Let's see what Tazawa can be when he gets back. Let's maybe see what Joe Kelly is if he's thrown into that spot. Let's maybe see what the timetable is going to be for Kimberl, and let's see what the timetable will be for Koji moving forward, and let's see just how long... Brad Ziegler can stay deceiving enough where he's successful. All right? So there's questions here with the bullpen. But I still think the Red Sox are going to get into the playoffs. And when you look at the playoff race today on this Wednesday afternoon, the Orioles lost last night. The Orioles have now lost three straight. The Orioles are only a half game ahead of the Red Sox in the AL East. All right? 
Orioles lost to the Yankees last night. They're still in New York. You know, I told you the Red Sox playing the Giants in this two-game series, the second of two. And then tomorrow night, Thursday night, the Red Sox begin a series against Minnesota all weekend. And the Red Sox should take care of the Minnesota Twins, a Twins team that here in mid to late July only has 34 wins. They're 34 and 59. They are in last place in the AL Central. They're 21 games behind the first place Cleveland Indians. And their season is over. They, I don't know what they're playing for. But the Red Sox at Fenway should whoop the Twins all weekend. And so that being a half game out, you should look at that and think, all right, there's a realistic opportunity here for the Red Sox to finish the weekend, to go into next week, right? To go into next week, sort of the final week going into the trade deadline in first place in the AL East. That's very realistic for them to do. So, um, I, I, with that said, I do think the Red Sox can get into the playoffs. The question then is, can they win when they get there? With this rotation, I still don't think they can do it. Uh, I think they need another top dog starting pitcher. That's why I need th- they need to go out and make some type of move and get creative. Uh, but they also need a reliever, you know? And uh, I guess I just hope maybe some of the relievers that are in this organization can step up and create a role for themselves. And that role would have to be someone that we all trust and someone that the Red Sox trust in a big spot. They need that. They need that because they have had many injuries. I just told you about them. Smith, I mean, think about it. Think about who's injured right now, today. Okay? Carson Smith, Tazawa, Koji, Kimbrell. As of right now, they are all on the DL. They're all injured. That's terrible injury luck. If you can get through this and still be in the race for the AL East, you're going to the playoffs, all right? You're going to the playoffs. It's just when you get there, can you win? And I just look at this rotation, and I, I just think, ah, I don't know that I put my money on this rotation to go into the postseason to win. I feel like they need someone else. So, there's so much time to talk about trades around Major League Baseball. Who's going where? Who needs what? We know what the Red Sox need. They need pitching. Will they get it? Well, they just got Pomeranz. Is that enough? I think it's enough to get them to the postseason. I don't think it's enough for them to win. But I am curious to see just how good Pomeranz can be in this market, in a city like Boston, where if he does go out there and have a stinker at some point, does he have the mindset and the mentality to be able to bounce back? Or is he going to be one of those guys who just felt more comfortable on the West Coast? And, you know, there's really not much pressure on him out there to be able to bounce back when they do struggle. It's a lot different. It's, it's just a different mentality you need to have to be able to bounce back from some failure in this town. And not everybody is able to do it because they can get in their own heads. Is Pomeranz one of those guys? I don't know. I've told you. I don't, I, the, the sample size of his success as a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball at 27 years old is not large enough at all for me to give my vote of confidence to him being a difference maker when you get to the postseason. That's really where my mindset is with the Red Sox team. It's when they get to the postseason. That's how I feel about this club. When? So we're going to have a period now, a stretch of two, two and a half months, where we get to uh, look at him and see what he is. See what he is in this town, in this market. It's a big difference. It's not just going from National League to American League. It's going from the West Coast to Boston. And that's a big change. And we'll see how he handles it. And that begins tonight at 
Fenway. So that's what we got with the Red Sox. That's what we have with Major League Baseball. Outside of that, we're getting set for training camp in the NFL, which begins next week. What do the Patriots report? Wednesday, uh, if you did not get a chance to listen to yesterday's podcast with Phil Perry, Comcast Sportsnet New England, uh, I hope you do. He joined me in studio. He covers the Patriots. We did deflategate along with some other stuff that, that you may or may not be interested in. But still, it was an entertaining, what, I think hour and 15-minute podcast. No commercials. Please go back and listen. And uh, so we got football. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just hesitant to dive right into football right now because we have, we're we going to have so much time to do that. Um, and then you look at the NHL offseason and the NBA offseason. And... When it comes to the local teams, the Bruins and the Celtics, I mean, the Celtics obviously are the team that has been in the spotlight more than the Bruins, and rightfully so. They're doing more. And the Celtics have an opportunity to do even more moving forward because they just have more assets, I think, than the Bruins do. Or at least Danny Ainge, in my opinion, knows what he's doing to make the big trade more than Don Sweeney and Cam Neely do for the Bruins. So... Uh, if there's one of these two teams that I think is going to make a major splash in the next month and a half, it's going to be the Celtics over the Bruins. And that's why we focus on them, because we always talk about these big names. And uh, we're going to continue to do that. And the rumors are going to continue to swirl. And when they do, I will react to it as I usually do. But that's what we got uh, right now in the four major sports. There was a story that that broke this morning. It might have even been late last night. And it's UFC related. And I don't. I, I don't hide from the UFC storylines. You know that. And um, it, the Brock Lesnar stuff. Brock Lesnar has been informed of a second failed test after his UFC 200 win. Um, what are they saying? He failed one on fight night as well? So, on the day of the fight, he failed two tests. He says they're going to get to the bottom of it, but... Why don't we just get to the bottom of it right now? He obviously did something, and he obviously knew what he was doing. He thought he was beating the system and wouldn't get caught. Well, he got caught. I don't know if he was using a bad masking agent. That might be it. Somebody gave him a—I just—I feel awful for the guy who gave him the bad masking agent because that guy's probably going to be killed by Brock Lesnar. He's going to have his head ripped off his shoulders. I will say this. Lesnar's supposed—see, I'm more—I'm not— as interested what's going to happen with Lesnar in the UFC. Maybe he's suspended two years, who knows. Maybe he was never even going to fight again in the octagon. It was just a comeback for UFC 200. He got the big bucks. Dana White was desperate for uh, a big name because they pulled McGregor, Diaz, and, and they didn't know Bones Jones was going to fail a test before they got Lesnar. But just the whole McGregor situation, I think, made Dana White go out and, and bring Brock Lesnar back. And to be honest with you, Lesnar talks about how he needed it this, that, the other thing. No. I think when you offer a certain amount of money, then, and especially your company, the WWE, knows that they're in cahoots with UFC a little bit when it comes to cross-promotion and publicity. Whether you like it or not, it's true. It's just it, it just makes too much sense from a business perspective and even a money perspective to turn something like that down. I think Dana White knew that, and it was really all about the money at the end of the day, I think. And, um... I'm not really concerned about what's going to happen with Lesnar's UFC career moving forward. What I, what I actually am interested in, and, not, and maybe concern's the wrong word. Interested is the right word. I'm more interested in what's going to happen in the WWE. Because they say Lesnar's going to be fighting at SummerSlam. Now, I haven't been paying attention enough to it to know who he's fighting. 
at SummerSlam. I have no idea. And in fact, did they have the draft last night? Didn't they have the WWE draft? I'm actually, as we speak, doing the show. I'm going to go on the website, and I don't know. Did I have results? They have results? Uh, yeah, here we go. WWE draft results. That's what we're going with. Um, oh, Seth Rollins was number one overall. Um, oh, Lesnar was drafted in the second round. How stupid is this? Why do they do this? John Cena's going to SmackDown? They still do SmackDown? How? So wait, John Cena's not going to be on Monday Night Raw? When is SmackDown? It's SmackDown's not on Monday night after Raw, is it? Are they both the same show? See, I, I haven't watched in a little bit. Um, so I don't know. John Cena's going to SmackDown? How does that make sense for the company? No idea. Uh, Brock Lesnar taking eighth overall in the draft to Raw, so he'll be on Monday nights. Maybe he's fighting Seth Rollins. I have no idea. But that's just, I just had to check that out real quick. The draft, that's so stupid. How stupid is that? A draft? I don't know. I don't like that. But anyways, how are they going to use Brock Lesnar? Here's the deal. One thing I do know is that Paul Heyman is going to have a, a hell of a time with this story. With the, you know, he's going to, oh, that's, these are going to be some great promos. Because you know he's bringing the UFC stuff and the doping stuff into it. And he's going to defend Lesnar. That's going to be some entertainment. That's going to be some great entertainment. And I can't wait for it. Because I don't think he gets banned from WWE, does he? Does he? I don't think so. Please. It's a UFC. It was a UFC test. It wasn't a WWE test. He doesn't get banned from WWE. If anything, they use it as a storyline, right? If anything. WWE use it. Maybe they fake suspend him because he's not. his contract with WWE is that he's not there all the time anyways. So maybe when he's not there, they give him a fake suspension and they... Maybe he gets upset with McMahon. Maybe they, have a, they turn it into a storyline. I could see them doing that. In fact, if they didn't do it, they'd be stupid. It should be a storyline. It should. In fact, they should bring Dana White in onto Raw. Why not? How is that going to hurt anything? It's not going to hurt the UFC product, and it's certainly not going to hurt the WWE product. They're obviously in some type of cahoots. With all the names, Chris Cross, you Come on. There you are. But, um, hey. You know, I... I Brock Lesnar did something, got caught. He still got WWE. He still got SummerSlam. What's that, an end of August? End of August? Maybe I'll pay attention to that since Brock Lesnar's going to be involved. Maybe I'll I'll pay attention to the Lesnar stuff. If him and Paul Heyman are on there, on Raw. But the the draft, I, I, just, I just don't get that. Um, so let's wrap it up. I'm f- way too fucking hot to be doing anything else in here. And this isn't healthy. I mean, this just isn't like I'm risking my life right now. I just want you to know. That as you listen to this podcast, I'm risking my life in here, in this hot, sweaty, um, it's just a, it's a sauna. It's not even a sauna. It's a solarium. You ever stand in a solarium with the sun's beating in? That's what this is. It's a fucking solarium. I gotta go. Five days a week, dannypicard.com. You can listen also on iTunes, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available, social media, you know it by now, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everything under the sun. I'll react to Drew Pomeranz on tomorrow's podcast, so please join me. I am out. Talk to you then.